gentlemen, welcome back. I'm starting to do the Grayson thing where I just say welcome back in a weird way every opening. Uh, oh, welcome, welcome back to back. <laughs> <Rick and> Meg. <laughs> welcome back to uh, to fucking. <laughs> Welcome back to whatever the fuck this is. <laughs> welcome back to this nightmare. Uh, welcome back to Ramsey's Recaps, the show where we recap Kitchen Nightmares uh, 12 years too late. <laughs> Season 1, episode 12. And today I am once again joined by Alana, who is witnessing the, the breakdown of my brain. <laughs> Howdy! <laughs> Man, I cannot speak. Like the last few episodes I've recorded of anything, I've just been like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> I just like can't talk. <laughs> we are in month a thousand of quarantine, and my brain has officially died. <laughs> we are working on transitioning this to a Simlish podcast. Yeah, um, shout out to the Sims. They are going to be getting Ramsey three caps very soon. <laughs> Smorgon. <laughs> Shmanjish, please, Paps. Need a gorp. Captain Nightmare. <laughs> Last Ruby Dupe. <laughs> My favorite thing in the world is that clip of Katy Perry saying those words, recording the Simlish version of Last Friday Night. It's very good. Uh, it's a video I think about every day. <laughs> Um, so anyways, we're we're back. Uh, we just did the revisited, so now we're back at a fresh new hell restaurant for <laughs> visit. We're just back in fresh new hell. <laughs> yeah, welcome to new hell. <laughs> it's like old hell but gentrified. <laughs> yeah. Satan got tired of old hell, so he made new hell. <laughs> so Gordon oh, is nice. back. Gordon is back in New York. He's going to Mount Sinai, New York to visit the handlebar. And Mount Sinai is, like, basically in Long Island, according to the Kitchen Nightmares uh, over-talking dude. Did they run into Moses there? How's he? Oh, he's good. He only had <laughs> oh. three commandments for this restaurant, and two of them were to keep, to keep it clean, so. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Getting a little lazy, honestly. Yeah. Moses. <laughs> <laughs> Moses. <laughs> that crazy Moses. So before we jump into the episode, Alana, have you watched any more Kitchen Nightmares since the last time we talked to you? Here's the thing. Um, I've watched about four seasons and I watched those four seasons in about seven days. Um, yep. <laughs> so I watched them all. I've retained exactly nothing. I recall nothing at all from any episode, which is fun. So watching this, it was like watching it for the first time. <laughs> I like that you in reality TV is that you watch it and you're invested and then the minute it's over, you're like, and what was I just doing for the last 40 minutes? Exactly. That's exactly what it is for me. <laughs> it's just and 40 now, minutes that I can't account for. And now on to the next shiny new episode. Exactly. Uh, so you have seen the Handlebar episode, but you've remembered nothing. Correct. Great. This is one of my favorite episodes purely because it is so ridiculous. It's like... <laughs> Every character in this episode gets more and more. It's it's just it's it's a comedy of errors. Just <laughs> right. so the handlebar is owned by a couple Carolyn and Billy Leroy, who bought the bar and, and restaurant on an impulse about a year ago. Billy is a former construction worker, and Carolyn has a day job, but neither of them have experience owning a restaurant. But Billy 
is like carolyn says billy's very handy so they bought the restaurant because they saw it was like run down but it had potential billy says that all all of the big hitters used to go there the doctors the lawyers the, the senators they all went to the handlebar <laughs> did they though probably not what senators <laughs> uh chuck schumer probably i don't know <laughs> there's only two for new york you know yeah they're a little busy so i don't know <laughs> so they bought the restaurant and it was very run down but the handlebar they they saw that it had potential but then it turns out that the restaurant serves nobody and the bar makes all of their money for them so they're not sure why the bar the restaurant is struggling because they think their food is good and the bar is always packed anyway, so, like, why aren't people just ordering food? Then we get to see, like, the inside of the restaurant, and Billy says he loves the decor. Alana, would you like to describe the inside of this restaurant? <laughs> I'm trying to think if I remember. It's very brown. It Yeah, that was pretty much what I retained of it. It looked like something very specific in my memory. I'm trying to think. It looked like a restaurant that I have been in in Tacoma, Washington. It looked like that pizza place that was like beer and pizza and that was what the name of the restaurant was. Yeah, like Peaks and Pints or something, right? That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It it looked like there should be a pool table in there, but it yeah. was like a fine dining establishment was kind of the oh, vibe I was getting. It looked like Bowling Alley restaurant. Yeah, that's what it is. That is exactly what it is. Like permanently stuck in 1989 three like bowling alley restaurant 100 percent. that is exactly what it was complete with miss pac-man and poker machine i know like i knew that it was hitting like a very specific like part of my memory you know thank yeah. you for verbalizing <laughs> I figure out what it was yeah the decor that billy loves is very 80s it is very dated and then they also have their head chef uh melissa oh melissa oh melissa who billy and caroline both say is a great chef she's very creative she loves cooking and all of her food is good and then we cut to melissa who's like i don't want to be a chef this isn't my dream she's like i'm not a chef i was like working here as something else and then the chef left and they needed a new one and i was here yeah and she basically says that hiring her was probably a bad idea <laughs> on billy's part and i'm like okay cool <laughs> So the couple are close to losing their home and are relying on bank loans to keep the doors open. And then Gordon shows up. Do you also want to describe what Carolyn and Billy look like? Because they are an interesting couple as a whole. Yeah, they have a look for sure. Billy, I don't know if this is just like fun coincidence or paired to the fact that he owns a, an establishment called The Handlebar. But he has got quite the handlebar mustache, but it's like kind of red and wispy. It's like a strawberry blonde sort of blonde like handlebar mustache. Mm -hmm. um, and he looks like he is in the 80s still. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tina looks like... Her name is Carolyn. <laughs> then who's... Is Tina anybody? No. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn, am I correct in saying that she looked like she was sort of like a goth like scene kid like tattoos like dyed black hair like sort of 90s look yeah but with a mullet with a mullet yeah that checks they're out they're both big bikers they like to ride their motorcycles 
so that's like their whole thing and so they all are they're also always wearing like leather jackets <laughs> right so gordon gets lost on his way to the restaurant he calls for directions which is always fun oh man i as a restaurant person as a restaurant hostess i've received those phone calls <laughs> at least gordon was able to describe where he was yeah Every so often I get a phone call from a very old person who's just like, I don't know how to get to where you are. Uh, can you help me? And I'll be like, yeah, where are you coming from? And they'll be like, I'm like on the road. Cool. <laughs> Aren't we all? Or they'll be like, I live at this address. How do I get to you? And then I have to pull up Google Maps and I'll be like, oh, you can go on Google Maps. And they'll be like, can you just tell me how to get there? <laughs> literally you have an app on your phone that can tell you how to get anywhere like, in the you world. know how you're calling me like use that yeah <laughs> use that like, device in gordon's defense this was like what 20 or 2009 or 2008 like they, he didn't have an iphone yet he had like a blackberry maybe so like he couldn't just like whip out his phone for directions but yeah yeah this is also the first time i think that he's driven in yeah which is weird and also in his defense those two signs both said the west exit like yeah. it was definitely a fork in the road and they both said west <laughs> yeah here's the thing in my experience my brief experience being on new york roads is that they're all confusing for no reason so yeah <laughs> so gordon arrives and is greeted by the owners he talks to them for a minute and is like how how's the business doing and they're like not good and then he's like, well, I want to taste the food. And so Caroline sits him down and gives him four different menus. Dinner, lunch, price fix, and like early bird specials. So he has four menus to choose from. Yay. <laughs> why would why would that be? What's the point of having a regular menu and also like a prefix menu? It doesn't make sense. I don't know. The only thing I can see having is a lunch and dinner menu because the prices will be different for some reason. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. And the early bird special can just be like, honestly, a page in the regular menu. Yeah. Just be like Denny's and put everything in one book, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> That's what you should do if you have that many menus. Yeah. You shouldn't have that many menus to begin with. Literally. Correct. You if you're a restaurant, have a two-page menu. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so he sits down and orders a clam chowder which is the soup of the day a seafood crepe and a filet mignon fondue which i'd never heard of all of this broke my brain <laughs> <laughs> so he mar he remarks that the the decor is very 80s and that it's very empty in there no one is eating uh he gets a soup and he actually likes the clam chowder he tells billy that the clam chowder is very nice and very well seasoned it looked really thin, though. Also, I'm a it big. Looked like, it looked like he got like a like a little portion. Like it was a cup, but it was only half the cup. Yeah, um, I mean, I've never he never like sits down to eat full meals because they're always bad. Um, so it's probably a waste of time to give him like a full portion. But I mean, I'm a big seafood gal, so I mean that that clam chowder looked thin as hell, and that shouldn't be how chowder is in my experience, right? It should be like thick and creamy, right? Yeah, chowder should be thick and like not at, not soupy. You know, it shouldn't be soupy because you're like it's not a soup. It's not water based. It's milk based. It should be creamy. Yeah, and the seafood crepe like there's a universe where that does work. That one didn't look good. That one looks no. soggy and like like it was being cooked in mayonnaise or something. But like 
Yeah, it was in like a weird ramekin. Yeah. And then I guess they baked it in that, but it's it's imitation crab meat, which is a bad sign anyways. And yeah, I don't understand savory crepes in general. Crepes to me are a sweet food. So like the winning like savory crepe combination for me is going to be like a Swiss mozzarella chicken pesto, like that sort of thing. A seafood crepe feels too heavy, especially that like because the crepe part, like the pancake part, because I mean, that's already sort of sweet by nature. So it works if you're pairing it with like a chicken, but it feels super weird to put like a sweet thing with seafood, but also it looks super thick. So it was like a seafood pancake and not like a thin crepe. So there was like, you know, like it, it shouldn't quite worked. I don't know why it it feels like to me like it should work, because if you get like a seafood like po' boy, you know, like a sandwich, those are OK. And bread and crepes could be similar, um, but you'd have to make sure that they're not too sweet, like emphasis on the pan, less on the cake, because if it's sweet, like like sweet. Like a sweet start. What's the word I'm looking for? Like a sweet carb with like yeah. imitation crabs feels bad. And it was bad, according to Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he's not impressed by the the fake crab meat. And then he waits 30 more minutes for his filet mignon fondue to show up and is wondering why it took so long f- for them to bring him food to cook himself, firstly. Yeah. <laughs> and secondly, the meat was not good and then he was wondering why anyone would want to deep fry the best steak that we have in america which is a filet mignon yeah um i also thought that same thing because you're not cooking it but it's too bad that they were serving rancid meat yeah well that was that was actually a question that i had because i remember him specifically saying it's rancid and tasteless seems like it would not be both of those things you know? Yeah. And maybe it was just like in that in between before going bad when it just doesn't taste good. So it just kind of tastes like, I don't know. I don't I don't know Gordon's reasoning. Well, it was probably because it didn't have any seasoning. Yeah. Like you would you put some stuff on it. <laughs> I feel like filet mignon fondue would be like, bring me a thing of cheese and I'll dip some medium rare steak into it. Like that's yeah, not delicious. Bring me a vat of oil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I would happily dip some steak in some melted cheese. That sounds fucking delicious. Yeah, and if it was, like, really, really hot melted cheese, there is a universe where you could probably put, like, a piece of raw meat. The cheese would cook it. Yeah. Much like a, like a pho. A cheese yeah. pho. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of the vibe that it was, wasn't it? It did feel yeah. pho-like, except totally the wrong environment for all of it. Yeah. Oh, my God. So... Carolyn breaks down after Gordon gives criticism all the dishes that he served. They're very, like, confused as to why the food is bad. They thought the food was good. That's the he worst. Speaks- yeah. <laughs> it's a total disconnect. He speaks to the owners, and he's like, what do you think the problem in the restaurant is? And they're both like, we can't fill 18 tables on a Friday and Saturday night, and we don't know why. And he's like, the the problem is the food. And they're like, what? The food? That can't be the problem. <laughs> So he brings Melissa over to them and they sit down with the owners and Melissa says that she isn't a chef. She's more of a cook. She doesn't really enjoy cooking. She only filled the role and thought it would be temporary. And Billy and Carolyn are like, what the fuck, dude? Like, (laughs) 
Oh, it's just absolutely tragic, you know, that these two owners have such a disconnect with reality. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah, because Carolyn and one of the talking heads was just like, our situation is getting worse and worse by the minute. <laughs> like, I didn't realize how bad it was. Oh, man. Oh, my God. But I guess that's what happens when you open a restaurant and you've never worked in one before. I guess they just never eat there also. I guess. Or maybe they're just used to eating the Because f- there's a lot of times where people are like, our food is good. I eat it every day. And they do show, like, videos of them eating their own food. And you have to wonder, is it just, like, they're used to it being that way? Yeah. Or they just, like, don't eat anything else. And so that's what they have to eat. Tragic. Yeah. Thank God the food at my the restaurant that I work at is good. I don't know what I would do if it was not good. Do you think you could open a restaurant? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I, I, I think that I could open it. I would need to do a lot of hiring, but I, I think that I could hold my own for a little bit. I believe that. You've worked yeah. in a restaurant for a few years now. Yeah. I have so, worked in exactly one restaurant, so I am an expert. I mean, you do have a, a very successful TikTok about it now, too. So I do. <laughs> <laughs> so Gordon observes the dinner service for the night and watches Melinda, Melinda, Melissa. I cannot speak. Melinda, Melinda Tina, right? <laughs> a little bit of Monica in my life. My God. <laughs> <laughs> well, that really got you. That's an extremely good joke. <laughs> So Melissa sends out poor quality food from the kitchen. The mashed potatoes are a mix of regular potato and powdered mashed potatoes. What's the point of that? I don't know. Gordon even asked that. And they're like, oh, it's because we just reused the baked potatoes from the day before that we don't sell. And he's like, oh, so you're not even using fresh potatoes. Like potatoes don't keep well. No. By the way. (laughs) Like... Well, especially because if it's the mashed potatoes from the night before, I assume that there's like milk and dairy of some kind in there. So you have yeah. like day old milk. That's no good. It's not good. Um, so then it cuts to the waiters like talking to the customers and they're like, we have mashed potatoes, veggies, rice, french fries, whatever. They give like the spiel. That also made me nervous that there is so many choice of sides that there's like five things. It's very diner-esque to have that many choices for sides yeah but yeah and even um but it will cut to like it cut to them going do you want this isn't this and the guy says french fries don't burn them cut to melissa has burnt the fries <laughs> and gordon's like these are burned you can't send these and she's like they're just a little overdone it's whatever like they were they were like black <laughs> it's hard pass hard pass like you don't have to be a chef to know that those are burned you know yeah and then dinner, the dinner continues, and they run out of vegetables. And so people start getting raw radishes as their side of veggie instead of, like, broccoli cauliflower. And everyone's like, the fuck are these radishes? Like, what? Do I just eat it? Like, ew. <laughs> like, In their defense, I do eat. I do enjoy raw radishes. Um, but I feel like it wouldn't go well with uh, seafood. It, it just was it's like a weird side vegetable to have as like a, a generic side yeah especially because my assumption is that they were using them either chopped up in a salad or just as like a garnish yeah so 
customers complaining about the food like this guy has a steak and he's like i didn't want radishes do you have like any broccoli back there and then melissa sends out a plate of broccoli and cauliflower but it's just the stalks so it's not even the good part of the broccoli cauliflower that's the worst yeah (laughs) but billy is still very defensive about the food he's very adamant that his food is still good so dinner service wraps up for the night and they kind of just move on from there The next morning, Gordon comes in very early to inspect the kitchen. <sighs> and <laughs> what's that sigh for, Alana? What 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 was wrong with the kitchen? It was so clean. <laughs> the thing that is burned into my brain is when he pulled out like the ancient oyster. Yeah, it's just like a a clam that was so deteriorated that the shell was starting to de- to, to decay. How would you like it must have smelled so bad in there? Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Gordon comes in and he sees, like, moldy food. He finds fresh broccoli. And he's like, this fridge has never been cleaned. He goes, like, into the actual kitchen part and, like, digs his hand into, like, the gunge underneath the stoves. Melissa and Billy come in and they're like, well, the fridge has been cleaned recently. And it's, like, 60 times better than it was when we first owned it like when we first opened a year ago and gordon was like that's not an excuse it still looks like shit like for reference uh my workplace i work front of house like i'm mostly up on the phones sometimes i'm a server and that's about it i also i clean the fridge we all clean the fridge every day every time you go in before you go you check clean all those things like it's just your job to routinely check so everyone is looking at the fridge every single day yeah see something you clean it it's like the cook's job to like routinely clean it but like if you see something that's dirty it's your responsible it's your responsibility to check it because Mm -hmm. because it's not your job doesn't mean it's not going to poison a person out there like it's everybody's job i can't stress that enough there's so much of this that happens on this show where they're like well that wasn't my job cleaning is everyone's job always yeah well i mean and people not cleaning is just truly a lack of leadership and management yeah at the core of it like nobody's telling them to do that they're just assuming it's going to get done because that's on their job description so melissa and billy both say the, cl- the fridge have been cleaned recently billy says he had the kid in there yesterday steam cleaning it and gordon was like fucking where like yeah. <laughs> uh gordon doesn't like the excuses he's like you have a whole thing of fresh broccoli here and you ran out of vegetables last night you couldn't just like come back here and grab some broccoli and boil it and melissa was like no <laughs> i will give melissa a little bit of credit she was the only one who was like yes i'll take responsibility for that she was like yeah. it's not entirely my fault but like the reason why the fridge didn't continue to be clean that's on me um which is better than nothing yeah she yeah she she is like yeah i know the kitchen is dirty i don't clean it because i am lazy and i don't care like, yeah she, she there was at one point where she did say, like, I'm pretty sure I've never cleaned that fridge. And at least she didn't fucking lie, you know? A yeah. lot of people lie on this show. Yeah. So Melissa gets the wait staff to start scrubbing everything down. And then Gordon tries to talk to Billy. And it was so funny. I remember the talking head when Billy's like, you know, maybe maybe Gordon's just going to come over and be like, hey, Billy, I know, I know you're trying your hardest. And I see the work that you have done. And I, I'm, I'm here to help you do the rest of it and then gordon comes out there and goes are you a fucking idiot <laughs> like, 
<laughs> completely the opposite of what Billy was hoping Gordon would say. <laughs> Billy was the one who was saying, like, uh, Gordon Ramsay, you talk to me like you would talk to a dog, right? Yeah. Like, he took it extremely personally. Yes. Yes. He is uh, just a a man who doesn't get to be talked to that way. I was like, okay. Everyone's like, you're being a baby, Billy. And he's like, he he's talking to me worse than I than he talks to a dog. Like, meh. And then in the talking heads again, he's like, I just wish Gordon would acknowledge the work that I have done for this place. You know, I've done so much work for this place. And as they're talking, he's like, well, I guess I'll just fire everyone and do everything myself. And when I drop dead in three weeks, I guess it won't even matter because who needs to sleep when... You, you can't even afford to keep the place open anymore. <laughs> Same. I do that. I, I go on dramatic tirades like that. But yeah. I'm also a 25-year-old woman. <laughs> He's like a 46-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. He's a 46-year-old man in charge of a restaurant, and he's just being a baby. So Gordon is very puzzled by all this, be- all this behavior. He like tries to talk to the staff about it, and the staff is like, Billy does want your help. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. Like They're very like, please don't leave us. <laughs> Billy calls his wife and is like, I don't want him here. We're getting him out. And then Billy leaves. Carolyn arrives a couple hours later after Billy has left and she's upset. Gordon convinces her to let him run the restaurant that night just to see what will happen. Yeah. That's when we get my favorite line of the show of Carolyn going, I don't know what to do. I remember (laughs) that. (laughs) She's just like got such an accent and is oh she always sounds drunk like she's probably not i don't know what to do gordon i don't know what to do (laughs) (laughs) it's my favorite (laughs) my other favorite she goes a disaster it's a disaster (laughs) a disaster disaster bobby Bobby. This could be an episode of Bob's Burgers. Like. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> so um Gordon convinces her to let him run the restaurant that night, and he's like, look at your staff. They're all like pitching in and cleaning together. And all of the all the waitresses are like, I wish I wasn't fucking back here cleaning. Grah. <laughs> I wish I'd have face mask. Like. Um, but the wait staff, they're being bros. Like, because Billy has fully left, right? And Billy's like not coming back. But the whole wait staff yeah. is like wanting to prove that they do want to be there and they do want to make some money so they're you know taking one for the team they're all back there cleaning the kitchen yeah uh carolyn leaves billy a message saying you know please come back tonight everyone's working very hard la 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 and then gordon shows melissa some specials including fried clams with tartar sauce and fresh homemade potato chips that every table will get on the house which is pretty fun to get like a thing of potato chips when you enter a restaurant. Yeah, it's like your free bread, but better. Yeah. Dude, sometimes free bread is the best part of a meal, though. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> that Cheesecake Factory brown bread is I was one of my just favorite breads. Hey. <laughs> I've never been to a lobster, uh, a red lobster, because why would I go there? I'm allergic to all of it. But I would like to try a cheddar, a cheddar biscuit. I have not been into a Red Lobster since I was maybe seven years old. It's been a well, really long time. We should go to the one in Times Square just to eat the cheddar biscuits and then leave. Look, I would love to do that. Already, the one Olive Garden I've been to. Ever? Is the one in Times Square. 
I have been to that Olive Garden in Times Square twice. And I've been to the Hard Rock Cafe in Times Square. So, and the TGI Fridays. There we go. I'm just taking <laughs> well, off all of the. Well, the I just so unironically love Times Square because I'm that bitch. Oh, you'd love it right now. It's it's completely empty and ready for photos. Amazing. <laughs> I'm sure it's even more empty because of the blizzard that happened this week. It's the perfect time for me to film my short film. Yeah. Just yeah. a blizzard in empty Times Square. Yeah. So moody. So, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so the night, that night, the specials start leaving the kitchen. Customers are full of praise for the new dishes. They love the potato chips. Billy comes back and is there to support his wife. He does not want to talk to Gordon, though. But not long into service, Melissa just completely shuts down. She stops talking to everybody. Uh, just because something went wrong and then food got backed up people started getting the food at the wrong tables and it would just turn into a nightmare the customers get angry so angry that they start fighting with each other like there's this kid fighting with these adults that is just like you don't get to talk to my mom that way <laughs> like, full long island nonsense hangry man it's very powerful yeah but it was weird that Mel Melissa just kind of shut down for no reason. She just decided to stop talking to everybody. Yeah, like, I mean, that was part of her character arc, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got a... This is her hero's journey, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so Gordon takes Billy outside, and Billy is like, I can't believe how this fell apart. This fucking sucks. Like, this has never happened. Gordon points out that Melissa just doesn't know what she's doing for the most part. And Billy finally agrees that changes are needed to be successful. So they have a staff meeting after the service and they agree that the menu needs to be trimmed down because it'd be easier for the kitchen for Melissa because this, when there's a thousand island items on a menu, you can't cook that many items in an yeah, hour. Yeah, there's only three cooks back there, it seemed like, when they were busy. Yeah. So they finally come to an agreement. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Overnight, uh, Gordon's team makes it a brand new restaurant. Gonna tell you right now, can't remember what it looks like. <laughs> it looks, I remember being like not that impressed. It's still brown. Yeah, it's still like brown and navy blue. It did look a little more modern, but it was the emphasis was on the simplicity, which is fine. Yeah. It just looked like a room now instead of a bowling alley restaurant. Yeah, it just looked like a regular restaurant instead of bowling alley, I guess. Yeah. Gordon announces that they're going to be Long Island's first gastropub, to which everyone in the room said, what's a gastropub? <laughs> Were they really Long Island's first gastropub? I mean, probably. It was 2008. I don't know what was happening in Long Island in 2008. I don't think it was gastropubs. <laughs> there must have been at least one, though. Maybe. I don't know. And a couple weeks ago, Gordon said that uh, this new restaurant has New Jersey's best meatballs. And I'm like, that's a bold statement for an Italian restaurant in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> the Gordon's like, this is your first gastropub. It is an emphasis on fine dining and good food. And to help promote the restaurant, he planned a motorcycle rally since the owners love their motorcycles. And he added a surprise by getting Twisted Sisters, Dee Snyder, to come ride, a, ride bikes with them. And he looks crazy. <laughs> it 
It's funny that they could afford D. Snyder, but they could not afford a Twisted Sister song, so they played generic rock music behind him. Incredible. <laughs> like, you couldn't get one Twisted Sister song. <laughs> um, so they have their, like, fun motorcycle rally. They throw flyers around town, tell people about the new restaurant. And then they go back to the restaurant where Gordon introduces the new menu, and then they are ready for relaunch. A thousand people show up for a relaunch night, <laughs> including D. Snyder. D. Snyder's back. Hooray. Billy is eager off to is eager to show off all the changes, but in the kitchen, Melissa is struggling to communicate, and it starts becoming a problem. Um, I think there's a salmon that comes back a few times because it's raw in the middle. Yeah, it was like overcooked and then undercooked. Yeah, um, I mean honestly, undercooked salmon not a big deal. You like a rare salmon? <laughs> I do like I do like a very rare salmon because I like sushi, and yeah. if it's like high quality salmon, then that's good. If it's shitty quality salmon, then it's bad. Yeah. So M- Melissa's struggling in the kitchen and then kind of like to distract everyone. Gordon's like, and D Snyder's back. And he rides into the restaurant on his motorcycle and is like, we're auctioning off this Harley Davidson and all of the proceeds will be donated to some charity. So then the salmon thing happens. A burnt salmon is sent out and then the replacement salmon is undercooked. And Melissa is not asking for help from her other two chefs. She has two other chefs there who are just like, what do you need us to do? And she's just nothing. And so she's very flustered. And uh, she finally lets her staff take in for her. I think Gordon or Billy talked to her. Yeah, Gordon had to be like, dude, <laughs> get in there, man. And then the salmon's finally sent out correctly. Hooray. Uh, and the relaunch is a success. Yeah, that one correct salmon really like changes Melissa's and. In- <laughs> trajectory she it really changes her trajectory for the entire night yeah well it's it's funny that like one bad thing really like in these episodes makes the chef go well i'm it's fucked everything's like it happens in more than one episode or like one dish comes back and they're like well relaunch is a failure and it's like no just remake the food dude like just send it back out again like it's fine (laughs) uh yeah, a common like a, a pattern that I always see, um, and then every time we wonder why like the relaunch always goes wrong, is that you take like a bunch of people who are not good at running a restaurant, you take a bunch of servers who are maybe not good at being servers and have never had more than like three tables in their entire time working there, and then all of a sudden on one night they have like seven times the amount of tables they've ever had in their life and it's like they're new servers again so of course there's they're gonna struggle you know (laughs) like of course it's gonna be hard like you have to cut them a little slack same with the cooks like they are used to having you know like one dish with about 20 minutes of dead time in between and all of a sudden they have like 100 tickets up like they're gonna need a learning curve yeah and i think I, i do think gordon does cut them some slack for the most part and is like i get it especially in like later seasons and later shows of his where he's like yes it is like a new thing that we're doing but you're gonna have to learn at some point like yeah um and i guess it does make for better tv my my recommendation since i'm an expert is that they had like a soft reopening you know where they had a day where they had like half the amount of people and then an official relaunch where they have that much people where it's already more but at least it's been a semi-gradual Whatever I'm sure if this wasn't a, a reality TV show for Fox, it would be like that. But it is a reality TV show for a major network. So it has to be snappy and dramatic. <laughs> True. 
But I'm sure if this was Food Network, they'd be like, and today we're doing the soft reopening. So you get used to the new menu and work out any kinks. And then tomorrow we'll have the grand reopening. Yeah. Today we're going to hold your hand, though. I'm going to kiss you on the forehead and then help you. All of the recipes will be posted on the wall over here so you can reference them. But tomorrow we're (laughs) taking that away. (laughs) Yelp reviews after the show were average. So there you go. Gordon revisits a year later in a revisited episode, so I'm sure we'll talk about that in a few episodes. <laughs> and the handlebar was still open. Yeah. Uh, Billy was still stubborn, but a little little less so. And Melissa was still in the kitchen, which was a very big surprise to Gordon. The walk-in looked clean, and the filet he ordered was tender and delicious. Again, we'll talk about it later. The Go handlebar on. closed in... The handbar closed in 2009, shortly after the revisited episode was filmed and the restaurant was sold. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Billy passed away from cancer in 2015. Aww. Aww. Bud. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope you made money from selling the restaurant, though. I also hope you made money. You were a fun and ridiculous person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, R.I.P. in peace. Yeah. The restaurant reopened in 2010 as Skybox Restaurant and Sports Bar, which then closed in 2011. Hilarious. Yikes. <laughs> then the restaurant opened again as Benchwarmers Tavern and Grill, a sports bar, and it is still open with better reviews. Cool. So the handlebar <laughs> aired on September 11th of 2008 and was filmed in February of 2008. Yeah, the location, like the setup of the restaurant seemed like it was really set up for a sports bar. Yeah, it's like kind of in a strip mall off of a freeway yeah it's very sports bar yeah i'm surprised a buffalo wild wings hasn't been put in there yeah right <laughs> or a bowling alley yeah i'm sure they could attach a bowling alley which is real <laughs> easy <laughs> um i wonder why they committed to making it a whole restaurant and they didn't just like make it a bar if they were only selling yeah alcohol that would have been probably a viable option too yeah because i feel like if your bar is doing quite well, just convert the rest of the place into like pool tables and bar tables. Yeah. You know? And then you can still have a kitchen. You can still sell like chicken fingers and stuff. Yeah, you can make it like a tavern feel, you know? Yeah. But they they wanted to be a restaurant. So yeah. they were a restaurant. <laughs> well, pilot your own life. Yeah. I'm sure now it's a great sports bar with many flat screen TVs. Yeah, bench warmers. I'd go. Let's go sure let's go to long island <laughs> i'll be right there yeah well uh would you eat at the handlebar if it was still open like the new handlebar yeah i guess i can't remember what their new menu was other was than like, salmon um well, i guess sure i'm fine with gastro pub food regular american fare burgers salmon. yeah it's too bad because I really do like seafood. I like seafood restaurants. So it's a pity that they were a shitty one. Because like a seafood crepe is something that I would have ordered to try. We can find a, a, a French restaurant in New York for you to try one at. Sure. <laughs> I'm talking like we're going to be able to do anything. Ever. <laughs> That's surreal. <laughs> we're not in the middle of a panorama. like <laughs> In the middle of a panacea. In the middle of a Pam Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's the best one. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, any final thoughts? 
I do. A part of me does really relate to Melissa. Part of that was like really relatable in the beginning. You know, <laughs> she's like, I don't know. I'm just here and I don't know how to leave. <laughs> she's like, it's, it's a living. Like, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> I just fell face first into cooking. <laughs> yeah. That is not the, the the end you want first when you're cooking. Yeah. <laughs> That's a dangerous uh, way to fall into cooking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm glad Melissa picked up her shit in the end. That was my favorite comeback story. Thank you for being back. Um, yeah, absolutely. Always a pleasure to be here. <laughs> I know you requested a few episodes in the future, so... I hope you remember what they were, because I don't. Uh, I think it was... I'm just gonna say Hannah Mason's that sounds familiar to me it's the one where it's like kind of like a boutique looking restaurant and it's just the two guys and one of them is like kind of an ogre looking guy and he's yeah like, one's like a hundred feet tall and the other yeah. one is like a spicy angry guy yeah and then you wanted sushi ko oh, oh absolutely I wanted sushi ko I think I wanted the the Italian place with the twins too oh Capri I love that episode. yeah <laughs> I just have like a, a Wikipedia page of Kitchen Nightmares in my brain now and it's very <laughs> upsetting. I just remember because he goes outside and he's just like, we have fresh meatballs! We have homemade meatballs! It's yeah. Cute. And they're twins and so they play twin jokes on Ramsey. Yeah. Well, do you want to plug anything? Yeah. I, Courtney, I always do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I have my own podcasts that I run. I have TV, TV, throwback television, which I host with uh, your, your face did a funny thing. I have uh, TV, TV, throwback television with my co-host Kimberly Marin, and I have It's Broadway Bitch with my co-host Christina Braverman. You can find both on any podcast platform that you prefer if you just search TV, TV, throwback television and It's Broadway Bitch. I also have a, uh, uh, you can follow me on TikTok. I have a series of uh, sketches that I've been doing about my restaurant job, actually. So it's kind of content that relates to this, uh, where I talk about silly things that customers that silly things that customers say to me when I'm on the job. Um, and I just had a TikTok that hit a million views today, so it was very exciting. Right. Check me out. You can find me at Alana Fine Woman on TikTok and pretty much all of the other social media: Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, what have you. Twatch. Twatch. We Twitch stream every Wednesday now, so we do every Wednesday at seven. Uh, Courtney and I and our other friends uh, Michael and Allegra play some low key games, and we have some giggles. Yeah, so you can listen to Ramsey Reads Caps in the morning, and then you can watch us Twitch stream at night. So amazing! <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> well, thank you for coming back. And Absolutely, I'm always happy to be here. We'll see you again very soon, I'm sure. Oh, thank y'all. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>